Welcome back to Return to Odyssey. I'm Josh. I'm Rachel. And we are back to delve into another episode of First Generation Adventures in Odyssey. Before we get started, we do have a review that someone posted on our podcast. Odyssey fan. fan through Apple Podcast gave us five stars and said, good podcast. So thank you very much. I'm not going to try to say your name again, but we really appreciate it. Thank you. Also, before we begin, it's time for us to give our traditional plug to audible.com. Audible is a great place to download basically any kind of audio content you want. They have podcasts, they have workouts, they have newsreels, they have audio dramas and audio books. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want, they probably have it. And if you sign up through our link, you'll not only get one month free trial and two free audiobook downloads, you'll be supporting our podcast. That's right. So go to audibletrial.com slash return to odyssey and download your free book. And today, our book that we would like to recommend is Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. If you have not read this book, you need to stop the podcast right now and go download it. Yeah, what are you even doing with your life if you haven't read Lord of the Rings? pop culture now. We specifically recommend Fellowship of the Ring. Audible has each volume as its own audiobook, so we recommend you begin at the beginning. And they have several versions. We like the one that is a full cast dramatization by BBC Worldwide. I think Ian Holm is part of the cast Mm -hmm. and several other people. We liked the sound of that one. But there's multiple versions of Mm -hmm. it if you want to just browse through, find one that suits you, and uh, give it a download, give it a listen. We actually thought of Lord of the Rings and selected that for our recommendation for three reasons. One is the basic, that it's an iconic thing that really, if you're listening to this show and you haven't read Lord of the Rings, you really should. It, it's well worth your time. To this show. If you are breathing right now and you haven't read Lord of the Rings, you should. Yeah, it's just that good. Second reason is that we couldn't think of anything really that tied closely with this episode of Odyssey that we're going to do. And could easily recommend. So, yeah. So, we just wanted to pick something fun. Although, when we started talking about Lord of the Rings, it kind of does ish tie in with some of the themes That's of true. this Odyssey episode. Friendship is a big theme through this episode. And if you want to look at classic friendships in literature, there is no better than Frodo's and Sam's. Mm-hmm. There's a passage in Ecclesiastes that talks about friendship. A three-strand cord is not easily broken. If two men are walking along and one stumbles, his friend may help him up, but pity the man who stumbles and has no one to help him up. Sam literally helps Frodo up in every conceivable way possible. Yeah, as far as literature goes, probably the best example of what friendship looks like yes, that yes. I can think of. Really, really good stuff. Mm-hmm. So go to audibletrial.com slash return to Odyssey, get your 30-day free trial, download Lord of the Rings. You also, I think we've neglected to mention, with your free audiobook, you get two Audible originals as well. So go enjoy some candy for your ear holes. This week's episode is called Stormy Weather, and it's one we sort of remember. I remember it existing. I don't remember a ton about it. Yeah, I remembered it pretty good. It's yeah. a Connie Kendall episode. It is a Connie Kendall episode, which if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know we tend to like those better. Mm-hmm. So this did not fail. It is pretty good. 
There's no sketch from Chris in this one. It dives just straight into the theme music and then the story. And it starts at wit's end. And it's been raining for three days. Yes. Very heavily. And And Connie is griping about the weather. Yes. She is not in a good mood. And Wit is like, it's kind of dangerous to stand by a window when there's lightning. Why don't you back up? And this is kind of funny because as he's explaining this, the sound design has him's voice come from far away and gradually come closer as he's walking up. It's really good. It gives you a sense of space. Yes, that he's walking from behind the counter or the back of the room toward her because the point of view is Connie looking out at the rain. And there's a lot of fun sound design yeah, I noticed one, in this, this episode. Really From a technical standpoint, there's some really standout stuff. Mm-hmm. We appreciate that. So Wit says, why don't you go on home, Connie? Because there's nobody at Wit's end right now. And he says, we probably won't get anybody in the rain. And she says, I don't want to go home. I want to go to California. And he's like, well, it rains in California. And they kind of have a little bit of back and forth. Wit is trying to get to what's bugging you. And I got the impression that she's not even sure what she's frustrated with or what she's complaining about and then tom comes into the scene and we hear the jingling of the door as he comes in out of the weather and he's all blustery with the rain tom what are you doing out in this weather oh you know me and rain everything just gets so wet and he turns it into two syllables wet wet everything gets so wet so wet which actually is not that big an exaggeration it actually sounds like a legitimate accent which is fun plenty of people we knew who could turn one syllable into two syllables but it's a really nonsensical thing to say you know me and rain everything just gets so wet and and everybody laughs and we're laughing because they're laughing but what is what are you even talking about like of course everything gets wet in the rain i think the writers just didn't know what to make tom say i sometimes when i'm writing dialogue myself to the point that i want to be at and i wonder if this is what they were doing so wit offers them some tea and he goes into the back to start making it and tom asks connie if she's no he doesn't ask he says i heard you were gonna judge the bible bowl tomorrow and connie kind of flips out is like what no one talked to me about that and can we do the sound design because just at the tail end of tom making that statement you hear wit say oh wait tom and we hear him from far away in the kitchen and then coming up back to the counter i hadn't gotten a chance to ask her yet i'm sorry connie are you willing to judge the Bible Bowl? And she's well. It's not the Bible Bowl. It's Bible Quiz at church or something like that. Is what oh, they, they say. Called it the Bible Bowl. I thought. I don't think so. Okay, so they do call it the Bible Drill, and we're not sure if it's the same event as the first one. Yeah, because they reference. Oh, you did you, so good yeah. at it last time, which, which last time was really. the Bible Bowl at Wit's End, and she wasn't judging it. She was like emceeing it, reading off the questions, and she needed help with that. Even that yeah. was part of the shtick. They got Bobby to come and help her. Regardless, it's a Bible drill quizzing something event that. And they've signed her up as one of the judges. They were going to, yeah. Which you can imagine would be a big hit with the kids. Oh, the kids absolutely. are going to be like, yeah, Connie, woo! So, Bible drill at the church. Which church? The church. The, the Odyssey church. church. Yeah. Okay, there's one church in Odyssey that's. Not realistic. And they do a lot of this referencing stuff going on at church, 
but it's not often that we actually are at church. Yeah, we don't really see that in Odyssey Which, all that much. Yeah. It's a weird not thing. Necessarily, well, how weird, though, because the central location of the show is what's end. No, it's just that everyone is always referencing church and we never really see that side of their lives. That's true. In a Christian show. That's, that's true. Although, weirdly, for the show, what's end operates kind of like a church. It's almost a parachurch ministry organization. It is a business. It's an ice cream shop. But the way Wit runs it is almost as a ministry. That's right. And if we remember the episode Recollections, he's not making money on it. It's going back into Wit's End. Wit's End. So, yeah, without it actually being a parachurch thing, it kind of feels is. like it. Yeah. So... Connie is freaking out. Nobody asked me. And Wit says, well, the kids asked me to ask you. And she says she's busy. Tom kind of pushes her a little on the, oh, you're busy that night? And she's like, yeah, yeah, no. Not really. Uh, Well, then you can do it. No, I just, I'm not interested in that stuff. Why is everybody trying to make me interested in that stuff? Always preaching at me? And she starts kind of ranting at them. And you get the sense, I can see Tom and Witt's faces in my mind like, (laughs) oh my goodness. And you hear Tom like, whoa, calm down, Connie. Did not mean to offend you. You can hear it in their voices when they say, it's okay. But why are you being so jerky jerk? preaching at you. And she's like, I'm always babysitting these little kids. I'm 15. I should be hanging out with people my own age. I'm sorry. Maybe I will take the day off. She's instantly regretting what she says, and she walks out abruptly. And it was about this point we stopped it, and I said, if I didn't know better, I'd say, Connie's having a bit of a hormonal day today, because things are blown super out of proportion. Every little thing, she's really angsty and doesn't even have a focus on her angst. It's like, I want to go to California. I hate this town. I have no friends. It's raining. Why is it raining? It's been raining for forever. Everything is a source of angst, which I can sympathize with during the wrong times of the month. Yeah, and that might well be what's going on with poor Connie right now. She's having a bad time of things. We're just emotional people and sometimes this happens and it's okay to have a bad day. There are plenty of times when it's not tied to hormones and you're just, it's a crappy day and weather does also affect that. Absolutely. As far as weather affecting that, I know that sometimes on gray rainy days, Mm -hmm. I can get depressed and gloomy for no good reason. Yeah, and it's been doing this for three days and there are some people that are more affected than others especially for long periods of time if you live in a climate where you have a long winter i'm sure you've noticed just general change in you and your friends and family's mood when spring starts coming and you and see everything and... starts getting happy again yeah i see blue sky feels great so all that said connie's clearly having a rotten day off, and off blowing day. up at wit and tom and storming off as the weather is progressively getting nastier getting outside. Nastier, nastier. So Tom is like, well, what was going on with that? All she had to do was say no. The so, acting in this is really fun because you can hear in the tone of his voice, just chill. What is wrong with you? Yeah, the acting honestly throughout this whole episode is superb. The yeah. only person who's a little less good is Connie's friend in this next scene. She but still, she's serviceable for the yeah, story. Yeah, she's fine. It's not like she's a bad actor, but she doesn't really have any range. Range, yeah, no modulation. 
So Connie's like, hey, can I come in? She's like, yeah, nobody's here, really. I mean, my family all went to my grandma's, which makes me wonder, what, did you have school or something? Why is she here by herself? And everybody else went to her grandma's for the weekend. And she says, Donna and the gang are supposed to come over later, which is probably not Donna Barkley, because at this juncture, Donna Barkley is much younger than these girls. So Donna must have just been a kind of common name in this era? Actually, we looked up the popularity of Donna as a girl's name, and it kind of rose to popularity in the 50s. Yeah, and it was really, really popular. Mm -hmm. I think at one point it hit the top 10 girls' names in 1964. So it was really popular for a little while, and then the popularity immediately plummeted. So in the late 80s... It is still feasible that there were some kids that were being named Donna around then. But by the time the 90s hit, it, it no one was naming their kids Donna anymore. Yeah. In Connie's rant earlier, she mentions, I'm 15. So I'm assuming. We have a specific yeah, age for Connie. Yeah, now we have Connie. a specific age for Connie. And so Debbie, her friend's like, what's going on with you? Are you still at wit's end? Yeah, it's a job. A uh, job? We thought it was your life. Every time I asked you to go out to do something, you couldn't because you had to be at wit's end or you were taking a group of kids to some church thing. A bunch of us at school were getting worried about you, like you were getting religious or something. So there's two things going on here. First off, as far as the friends saying we've kept trying to ask you mm -hmm. to do stuff and you kept saying no until we got tired and quit asking, that's kind of legitimate. That kind of makes sense. If you're mm -hmm. never available to hang out with your friends, they're going to quit asking you because yeah. it gets exhausting to ask someone all the time who says no. However, on the flip side, the whole we thought you were getting religious. I'm not sure I've ever heard anything like no, that from anyone. I've never heard. I've heard of people getting teased for being, oh, you're part of that group of people over there. They're uber conservative. They don't do X, Y, Z. Yeah. Or have people like, hey, you're a Christian. That's cool for you, but not for me or, yeah. or whatever. There's all kinds yeah, of different really. responses like, that people care. would have. But I've never been ostracized as, oh, you're the religious guy, so therefore we won't talk to you. That's it's just never happened to me. For teenagers to be that general and specific at the same time. We were worried about you that you were getting religious. Have what? you even thought about that? And what does that even mean? Yeah, what does that mean? So it just didn't feel natural. And then Connie starts talking about, well, if friends are coming over later, well, maybe I can hang out with you guys this afternoon. I have the afternoon off. They're going to hang out in the rain and watch movies. Yeah, just normal. Just hang out and waste time. Hang out. And her friend is like, um, this afternoon with everybody here? I don't know. There's already going to be too many people. You know how my parents are about having friends over. I don't know and, if this is a good idea. And essentially tells Connie, you're not welcome here. Yeah. In not so many words. But that also felt strange and unrealistic to me. So it's not unrealistic that her friends would no longer want to hang out with her for any number of reasons. Mm -hmm. Maybe Connie has become a pariah because she's around the quote-unquote Christian crowd or what have yeah, you. They and don't... they're not cool with that. Or maybe any number of reasons she has lost cool cred with her friends. Cool cred or it's just we don't have anything in common anymore. We don't feel like we have anything in common. But, We've moved on. But I would say you. that in my experience and what I've observed is that 
especially with teenagers, will take the path of least resistance whenever possible. And what would be the path of least resistance would be this awkward, uh, yeah, okay, sure. And she comes in and everyone just ignores her and no one talks to her. And she feels as deeply lonely being there as she would if she was outrightly told no. That avoids direct conflict. Yeah, I'm not saying you can't come, but we don't have to talk to you because it makes us uncomfortable. So So it would be super duper awkward for everyone to have her there. But I think it's even more awkward to say, yeah, we don't want you here to her face. And possibly they did that because of story economy, but... Probably they had enough room to flesh that out a little bit. I would have liked to see a little more of that. I would have been probably just a little more satisfied with that Mm -hmm. because that would feel more real to me. Yeah. Also, she's having friends over and she makes this excuse that her parents don't like her having friends over or get nervous when she has friends over. Yeah, it's very odd. What would one more friend be? And it's not like Connie's going to be swinging from the chandeliers and wrecking stuff. We got some table dancing going on. Yeah, she's a pretty nice girl. She's not going to be causing problems. It's, It's weird. So anyway... Then we have a scene change, and Witt is saying goodbye to Tom, and we hear the radio say that the National Weather Service has issued a tornado warning for an indefinite period. Another wonderfully fun bit of sound design, and we haven't mentioned it before, although the Odyssey has done this a couple times. They do this thing where they'll take the speech audio and make it more crackly and more tinny, and it's very clear that it is a TV or a radio Mm. playing, and it doesn't ever sound like another person in the room and i can't even put my finger on exactly what yeah, they it's, do it's to the audio they do and it sounds like a radio it or at be. least the kind of sound that we all associate with a radio yeah it's weird because everything on odyssey is through radio we're listening right, we're to listening an audio to drama a radio on a radio drama so and in the hands of someone who's less skilled with audio design it would be very easy for it to be confusing and sound like just another dude talking in the room yeah. and it never does it's never ambiguous it's just really cool how they do that yeah Also, tornadoes apparently must be a thing for Focus on the Family in this era because McGee and Me, which was a TV show that was going oh video series VHS, had an episode where they all get bunkered down. And there's a tornado tornado warning warning coming up, so that's a shtick for Focus on the Family. Apparently, at this era, McGee and Me and Odyssey did not share writing staff that I could find, and they don't share the world. And it's not a shared universe. There's never a crossover where Nicholas from McGee and Me shows up at Wit's End. It'd be very strange if McGee showed up at Wit's End. But now I'm kind of wishing there was. (laughs) With the Last Chance Detectives. Oh my goodness. Wow. They did a Last Chance Detectives audio series. But not crossover with Odyssey. No, they didn't crossover with Odyssey. And anyone who knows what we're talking about also grew up in the 90s in the church. You would never have heard of this stuff otherwise. So Wit is now talking to himself. He hears the radio and we're getting some information, but it feels, again, like very normal. Somebody talking to themselves about what they need to do. Oh, I guess I better go check the windows upstairs. 
So the phone rings and Wit answers it and says, oh, hi, Mrs. Kendall. And this is the first episode that we have Connie's mom show up as Mm -hmm. a character. They might have named her already, but we don't know her name. And so he can't just pick up the phone and say, oh, hi, June. Even though they have the kind of relationship that probably they would call each other by their first name. You would think, except that... June Kendall calls him Mr. Whitaker later on. Not sure why. Even though Connie calls him Wit. Yeah. Don't know why that's the case, but okay. And you hear just his side of the conversation, but you can tell she's panicking on the other end because he's like, no, I've not seen Connie. She left about half an hour ago. Wait, she didn't go home? Now calm down, calm down. A fun thing about this phone conversation, again, from the sound design standpoint, is on what we don't hear. And this goes both ways in different Odyssey episodes. Sometimes when someone's talking on the phone, we hear them speaking, and then we hear the person on the other end of the line gabbling like a chipmunk. Oh, yes, I know. And we don't have that in this one. We just hear wit, and we just have silence on the other end. And it's great because that chipmunky sound is an inherently comedic sound, and this is a very serious conversation. Yes. So Wit says he's going to go out and look for Connie. He knows some of the shortcuts she likes to take. And so he gets off the phone and he's like, well, so much for a quiet afternoon with my book. And we have a scene change. And Connie actually does go home. The scene changes to her bursting in the front door saying, I hate this town. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And we are back to full on whinging about everything. Well, this is right after she was rejected she, yes, by her that's friends. True. Like so she was hoping for, upset. yeah, she was hoping for, hey, I'm going to go see some of my friends from school and hang out and just be a teenager for yeah. a little while. And it blew up in her face. Yeah, it completely blew up. So it's. It's legitimate that she comes home and is just ready to bite someone. She is just so mad and so lonely and so missing her friends and her life in California. So she's begging her mom, please let me go to California. Please, I have the bus ticket. I can just go. And her mom is like, California? And I'm wondering if this is the same bus ticket that she bought back in Connie Comes to Town. Yeah, I I don't know. Do bus tickets expire? I imagine they do. I would think so. Actually, the Greyhound bus website does say that they last. For about a year from the date of purchase. We are assuming that Odyssey time coincides with real time, and it's been about a year since that episode aired. Then maybe it's still valid. Yeah. I don't know. Don't know. So her mom says, you need to start at the beginning because this is so sudden. Did something happen? That gives me the impression that Connie has not really been wanting to go to California the whole time that she's been in Odyssey. No, it comes and goes. Yeah. So we suddenly want to go to California now. And she's like, I haven't said anything. I've been thinking about it for weeks, mom. And I know how to manage it. I can stay with Aunt Joyce like I did when you and dad got the divorce. And her mom's like, for how long? What's going on? Yeah, let's slow down, slow way down. And Connie is not thinking about the logistics all the way through. She says she has, but she's not because she's like, I could go for a week, month, I don't care. Just let me go. And her mom's yeah. trying to talk sense to her and say, you this is not going to happen here and expect that I'm going to let you leave immediately. Just like that. You're going to need to explain. And Connie says, I want to go back to California with my friends. And then her mom starts pushing into the crux of the issue. Okay, your friends. What about your friends here? What friends? I don't have friends. Just the kids at Wit's End and Wit. 
And her mom makes a pretty good point and says, listen, they can be your friends. You, you just got to change your limit on friendship. Yeah. Change your perspective here. When I was young, a lot of my friends were younger than me and older than me. And I think that is sound advice, sound advice to give a kid, sound advice for adults. Mm -hmm. I mean, the older you get, the less the age number matters. Depending on... Depending on yes. what you're trying to do there, or there are, the context. Relationships change, and you can have different kinds of friends, and some of that is dictated by age differences, because age differences can mean maturity differences. Yeah, some of it is also stage of life. What kinds of things are you doing regularly? So Connie is not so sure about it. And her mom then circles back to what about Debbie and your friends here? And Connie's like, I just hung around with them. They're not my friends. Not Which like is... my friends in California are well, my friends. So she starts off by saying something that is probably true. They're not my real friends. Not like my friends in California. We don't know. They it may have been, been deep again, friendships or they a... may have been also very shallow. Yeah, who knows? And one thing her mom does not acknowledge in the conversation and maybe because she's still thinking you have friends your own age is we as the audience have been shown that Connie does not have friends her own age so she has this hole in her friend group and there's not been any teenagers presented that are what the writers would consider good kids to hang out with and who actually want to hang out with Connie so she doesn't have friends her own age and this is a problem yeah so while you should as a young person have friends who are older than you and who are younger than you it's also important to have peers as mm -hmm. well people who are at the same stage as you and connie does not have that and no one in the story that that's a legitimate desire yeah no one treats that as a good desire or a healthy desire it's almost like she's wrong for wanting that yeah, nobody says that. But it's kind of the implicit moral yeah, here. Yeah, it, it's the implicit moral that she shouldn't be wanting that. So after Connie is like, I have real friends in California, her mom says she needs some time to think about it. She can't make a decision about whether or not Connie goes yet. And Connie is just like, yes! Because apparently... If you meant no, you would have said no right away. But when you say wait, you mean yes! And she's like, no, I don't. That's not true. And then we have this big lightning crash and that shifts the conversation to oh my goodness storm is getting worse we almost lost the lights on that one and june mentions oh mr whitaker is out in that and connie is like what mr whitaker is out in this i gotta go find him and she's like no no it's too dangerous it's just rain mom and connie just dashes out the door to and go find mr whitaker who in the meantime has been looking for Connie and as the storm is getting worse, he's in the yard of a friend of his. Dale Johnson. Dale Johnson. And he ducks into his shed. And he and says, Oh, I know this guy. Unlocked. Good thing he leaves his shed unlocked and he gets in the shed. Which makes me wonder if I Can was I Dale Johnson and I saw him out my backyard, I would be like, Wit, uh <laughs> what he's in my yard, okay. Also And now he's in my shed. Something. Yeah, if they're good enough friends that he's okay with going in the shed, they should, should be, be good okay enough with friends with just room. going into his house and be well, like, hey. Also, if Wit is looking for Connie along some of the shortcuts, does Connie just regularly cut across Dale Johnson's yard? Hey, Connie, welcome 
into my yard. Yeah, the What's whole the on? whole scene is really strange. And it gets stranger because he's in Dale Johnson's <laughs> shed. Connie comes running into the yard screaming, What? John Avery Whitaker! At this point, why isn't Dale out on his back porch saying, Hey guys? You <laughs> and then Wit's like, I'm he's in the like, shed! Yeah, he's like, I'm in the shed! Come on in! And so they're hanging out in this dude's shed. Yeah, I'd be so confused if I were Dale Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys want to have some coffee? Want to come inside where it's actually warm and dry? Or who are you and why are you in my shed? That would also be a legitimate thing. What What is going on here? Please get out of my shed. But instead, they are in there (laughs) talking. So I really like the writing here where she says, I'm soaked is simultaneously legitimately what someone would say and a visual cue for the audience that we we hear this. We can see this. That she's soaking wet. Yeah, but for the character to say that, it gives us a nice picture. It's a good way, and Odyssey does this really, really, really well with telling us the information we need in order to visualize the scene without it sounding like it's one of those old text-based computer games. You are in a shed. Your clothes are (laughs) sopping wet. It's not like that, but in dialogue, we can hear descriptors that let us see what's going on. Wit says, we shouldn't stay here too long. We need to wait till things ease and then we can go. And he's getting ready to go. And she's like, wait, I got to tell you something. Uh Okay, make it quick because they're going to run to the shop. I'm going to be leaving. I'm going back to California for good if I can work it out. What's the matter? You don't look happy. And he's like, let's go back to the shop and talk about it a little more. Yeah, we're sitting in the shed right now. (laughs) Yeah. Now is not the time to be having this kind of serious conversation. So they get out, and Wit's like, we should be okay. We're all in rubber boots and Macintoshes. Probably won't get struck by lightning. Yeah, and she's like, what, why get struck by lightning? Well, they start running out. And we and hear this hear lightning kazapping and kabooming all over the well, place. And then they get to the front of the shop, and she's like, keys, 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 where are the keys? And he's like, I have them. And he opens it up, and he says, let's move further into the shop. Why? What can happen? And then you hear breaking glass, and she's shrieks again and we have commercial break and we come back and connie is just losing her mind panicking she's like oh my gosh there's glass everywhere are you all right and they're getting up i guess so did they both just hit the floor when the window broke i don't know it's hard to say yeah But the whole front window is broken. Glass everywhere. And he asks her if she's okay. Yes, I'm fine. All right, get behind the counter. And he goes to stand up and then lets out this cry of pain. And she's like, wait, wait, your leg is bleeding. Your leg is bleeding. He's like, yeah, I got a piece of glass in there. And Katie Lee's performance in this actually made me laugh a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's so fun because she is just, oh my goodness. ah! (gasps) You're not going to pull it out, are you? You're bleeding. There's blood. There's blood. Can you calm down? Can you go get the bandages? Okay, okay, okay. And you can just tell she had a really fun time playing this scene. Yes, Connie herself is always out there all the time, 100%. That means even in panic mode, she is 100%. And so Wit is calmly, and you can tell, and this is Hal's performance, he's in pain. He's trying to calmly say, okay, coming over there, and he's hauling himself along the floor. Wait, ah, you're like, it's, it's okay, Connie. I need you to be calm. Now hand me the bandages. Check and see if the phone works. And she picks up the phone. No, no, it's dead. Ah, I hate this town. I hate it. And she's heading into hysterics, and he's like, calm down. She's having a really bad day. So he sends her to the back, I think, or upstairs to find an old radio. There's an old radio up there. 
see if you can get it working. And it's like a CB it, radio. Yeah, turn it to the police station. And so she leaves to go do that, and he starts cleaning up his wound. And as he's doing that, he starts reciting scripture to himself. Mm-hmm. Which we found this actually really cool and really natural for a devout Christian to do. It is something both we are commanded to do, and it is something that is very comforting when we are in trouble, when we are in pain. To remind, to remind ourselves, ourselves of God's goodness. Yeah, I gave the analogy when we were listening to it of our son, when he's nervous about something or unsure, will say, it's okay, it's okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And we say that to him when we are reassuring him that he is indeed okay. This is a safe situation, you're okay. But he needs to tell that to himself, to remind himself. Yeah, he'll this sometimes, if he's teetering, like he feels like he's going to fall off of something, he'll say, I've got you, I've got you, I've got you. Because I say to him, I've got you. Mm-hmm. It's him reminding himself that daddy's not going to drop him, and he's reminding himself that everything really is okay, even though he feels panicked. Very okay yeah. And this felt like the Christian adult version, version of, that. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Encouragement to memorize scripture, because it will then come to you in these moments. And from a character standpoint, this is also good that this is not for Connie's benefit. No. This is for himself. He's trying to get his mind in order, and he's trying to honor God and praise God in a difficult circumstance. Mm -hmm. When she comes back, and he's still doing it and wrapping up his leg, and she's like, I couldn't get the radio to work. What are we going to do? And he says, it's okay. God will take care of us. Here, come sit down. She sits down, and he's just continuing to talk essentially to himself, and it's the way that Hal delivers the lines. Sounds like he's talking to himself. And he's quoting from Psalm 103. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul, all that is within me. Praise his holy name. I think he did several psalms, but that's the one he leads with and continues. They're not there very long before you hear Connie's mom. Either the front door was still unlocked. And, and she comes into comes wit's into end. Comes into wit's end, and Connie's like, Mom, Mom, he's hurt, he's hurt. We gotta get an we ambulance. We gotta get an ambulance, we gotta get him to the hospital. And so the day is saved. They take him to the hospital, and then we have scene change and Connie is bringing Wit uh, a book because he has to be overnight in the hospital in case of infection. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, it's not a big deal. And Connie's like, you had 18 stitches. Stitches. It was a big big deal. deal. So you're going to need to be resting for a while and I'll take care of things around the shop. And he says, I was thinking, Connie, and I owe you an apology because when you said you were leaving and I was faced with the prospect of losing you, I realized how much I depend on you. And I have been very selfish selfish with you. I depend on you very heavily with the kids and around the shop and I need to give you more time off to go be a teenager and hang out with kids your own age. And if you decide to stay, then I promise that I will do that. And this is the first time the episode acknowledges that need. And for Wit to acknowledge it is good. good. However, it's also undercut because yes. Connie right afterward was like, wait, you can't put an age limit on friendship. You're my friend and the kids are my friends and almost implicitly denies that she needs friends her own age as yeah. well. Yeah, she was very scared when Wit was hurt. She's like, I've never seen you hurt. We actually were talking about this, that part of her panic is Wit is always the one who takes care of things and fixes things. And when he is is down for the count, what do you do? Yeah, that part of her world has to be torn down and readjusted. She also asks him about when you were laying there, was that Bible verses you were saying? And he says, yeah, they were from Psalms. I recite them when I'm in times of trouble to comfort myself. 
himself. It just reminds me that God will take care of me. And that's what he leaves it at. And I really liked that he's not, although she accuses him of preaching at her at first, he's not doing any such thing. at the beginning of the episode, she made that comment. And yeah, they're not doing any such thing, and they know that she doesn't really mean that. She knows she doesn't really mean that because nobody is actually preaching at her. Yeah, it's just people are living their lives and she's around people who are Christians being open about their faith as they should be. Yeah, her response to Wit in this particular scene is, yeah, I, I figured it was something like that. And then they move on and talk about her staying. And then, and this is not bad, but it feels like it wrapped it up in too tidy of a bow. She says, you're gonna need to explain to me how to run the Bible drill because somebody has to fill in for you while you're laid up yeah so okay i guess she's doing the bible drill now and then you have one moment that is again not a bad moment and it works in odyssey and maybe Mm -hmm. only in odyssey because and only with them And only with these characters, because Odyssey is more innocent than the real world. But you have Wit. He's like, would you consider it inappropriate for me to ask you for a hug? And she's like, no, it wouldn't be inappropriate. And goes over to him and gives him a hug while he's in his hospital bed. And this is, to me, a sign you could not make this scene in 2021. And that says more about the state of our world than it does Adventures in Odyssey. I think it would be difficult to make this kind of scene in any era because you cannot have that kind of relationship most of the time. Yeah, so you have a boss-employee dynamic. You have Wit as an older man and she's a teenage girl dynamic. There's all kinds of stuff going on that for the sake of propriety, for him to be like, come over here and give me a hug feels a little odd and a little weird and it works for connie and wit because wit is her father figure right and he is it's been established from the very beginning that this is what he is and he is pure as the driven snow so the scene itself did not make us feel icky we completely understand and as kids we completely understood there was nothing that we felt there's nothing problematic here it's just that as I'm listening to it now, I'm like, wow, this would never work in the real world. Oh, yeah. With anybody else, you would raise eyebrows. And even then, I think. Because in no era has that kind of power dynamic or appearances of impropriety been okay. So, just a weird observation. Take it as you will. So, it ends on a heartwarming note. It is heartwarming. Then Chris comes on the scene to talk about the importance of friendship, and she references the passage in Ecclesiastes about a threefold cord is not easily broken. And then she says, friends can come from the most unexpected places, from a classroom, from your church, even Even your your family, your siblings, and your parents can be your friends if you give them a chance. Are you willing that is a question only you can answer. Well, that <laughs> and, is an and that's a little bit cheesy. Okay. They're like, are you willing? Only you can answer that question. Only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> Thank you, Smokey Bear. There's nothing wrong with that statement. I would say if you're talking to a kid, yes, your parents are your friends. 
to an extent. It, but... Your parents are in your corner, but they're not your buddies. Yeah. They are authority figures who love you and want what's best for you. It's going to be different. It's just a different dynamic. And this by, goes back by to design. friends in all different age brackets. But anyway, overall, this was another really good one. Mm-hmm. Pretty solid. We don't really have, I mean, we voiced complaints, but we don't really have that many. Nothing major. It. it was fun to listen to. That's three for three, guys, for this yes. a- for this album. We are so excited. So come back next time and we will discuss Vacation Bible School in Odyssey. Hope you join us. If you would like to contact us, you can email us at serpentanddovespecfic, S-P-E-C-F-I-C, at gmail.com. And seriously, go download Lord of the Rings because it's so good. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Thank you.